Well, good morning. Uh, in uh, the reading before, or the section before our actual gospel reading, Jesus says that he is the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And then, as John says, at that time was the feast of uh, dedication. Uh, that at that time links what happened before that with the conversation that we heard read, which means that swirling around in everybody's uh, foremost thoughts is this Feast of Dedication. Now, what is the Feast of Dedication? Well, about 200 years-ish before this conversation is taking place, a Greek king by the name of Antiochus, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes IV, if you ever end up on Jeopardy. Um, really, apparently, anyway, he lost uh, a couple of very important battles hard. And he ended up taking out his rage and his need to flex on the Jewish people in Judea and especially Jerusalem. And his goal was to stamp out worship of Yahweh, the Jewish God. And so he outlawed things like reading the Torah, God's law. Uh, He uh, desecrated the temple uh, to the extent that he sacrificed a pig on the altar to Zeus. Um, I was trying to come up with an equivalent of what that would be like for us today, and they were all really inappropriately offensive. Um, it's, it's hard to understate how bad that is. Uh, he then uh, sought to force Jewish men to do likewise, to sacrifice to Zeus. And uh, for people, well, Mattathias from uh, the uh, Hasmonean family rose up and killed the first Jewish man who went to try and comply, and then the rest of his family jumped a bunch of Greek soldiers, and then that developed into what we know as the Maccabean Revolt. The crazy thing is that they won for a while. I mean, there was a lot of to and fro, a lot of guerrilla-style warfare that's G-U-E, not G-O-R, which would be awesome, but there were no guerrillas involved in this conflict. Um, But it was a very striking, important time for the Jewish people of Jesus' day. Because it really represents a time that they were free. Free from uh, external oppression. There were no uh, pagan, uncircumcised, Gentile overlords uh, stepping on them, for the most part. Uh, It was also a a very complicated time. Uh, As it turns out, the temple leadership had been at that point, and, and off and on were pretty corrupt. But anyway, when all of these terrible things happened within the temple complex, it rendered the temple itself unclean. And so the temple had to be re-consecrated. And there were rituals to do this, but unfortunately, it required a certain amount of consecrated oil. And you would put that in one particular lamp, and that lamp had to burn for eight days The problem is that they didn't have enough, and so they did what they could, and they just poured the one day's worth of oil that they did have, and lo and behold, it lasted eight days. And so from then on, the Jewish people commemorated this moment with their festival of dedication, festival of lights, what we know as Hanukkah. 
So, Jesus, at the time of Hanukkah, has uh, already said that he is the good shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep. And then, as John says, at that time, some Jewish people came to Jesus and asked, are you the one we're waiting for? Don't keep us in suspense. Just tell us already. And what, I mean, what they're asking is, are you the Messiah? And Jesus' response, if you kind of listen carefully, is essentially that word Messiah. You keep using it. I do not think it means what you think it means. If you have ears, then here. <laughs> so that would raise some other questions. Why are they suddenly interested in, in this idea that Jesus might actually be the one that they are waiting for? One way to get at that is to take a step back and say, okay, this is at the time of Hanukkah, Feast of Dedication, as John calls it. So what else is on people's minds, aside from the fact that this was a time when they were free, when God showed up in a very powerful way? Well, one way to do it is to look at what readings might have been read in the synagogues or in the temple during the celebration. Um, the ancient Jewish people, as well as modern, have a series of readings that repeats uh, over the course of a year. In our case, it's three years. Every three years, there's like a reset, and then we do the same readings in church over again. Well, as it turns out, there are a couple. We've got a couple of candidates um, that were most likely in play here. One was Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel, a Hebrew prophet, basically excoriates the, the, the leaders of Judea, the leaders of God's people. He just rips them apart. And he calls them these terrible shepherds who care only for themselves, only about their own gain. He actually uses the word shepherd a lot. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? So that's why sometimes when we say Jesus is the good shepherd, we tend to put our emphasis on the shepherd part. I think Jesus' audience would have heard the emphasis on the good part. Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. People thinking, oh, that's Haftarah, that's, that's Ezekiel. We, oh, he's the good one as opposed to the selfish, only out for themselves, terrible leaders that we all know and hate. Interesting. There's also a section from the prophet Zechariah, uh, chapter like two to four-ish. There's a couple of verses in there uh, where God makes this kind of outstanding promise that he will return to his people. He will be with his people, dwell with them. It's very... Messiah-like. And so, you have Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd as opposed to all the others that you've encountered. And it's Hanukkah. Jesus is in, uh, in the temple complex. Turns out he's actually on the east side. That's where Solomon's colonnade was because apparently in winter the wind blows and it gets chilly. So he's on the other side, which makes sense. And 
the people are starting to hear some readings because it's part of the celebration about the coming one. And Jesus is making some big claims. He's got some healing that he's done. The question that the people ask makes perfect sense. In fact, it shows some serious insight. But then Jesus says, I already told you. Which you can imagine the people hearing that saying, when? What are you talking about? Because what the people were expecting and who Jesus was and how he was acting and what he was doing were two different things. When, when they think of leadership, their, their thoughts would turn to probably a pretty complicated history. There were good leaders, honorable leaders. There, these were the ones of the, the great stories. Like when, when uh, they were gathered around the fire, I'm sure their dads told them the stories of the Maccabees and, and the Hasmonean dynasty and how they really whooped the Greeks and drove them out for a long time. Just like my dad would tell me about the Alamo and the OK Corral and all of that. Um, and so they're thinking, you know, military leaders. But leadership for them was also very complicated. There were plenty of corrupt leaders, terrible leaders. Um, and, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, we can draw on a side because it is Mother's Day. Contractually, I have to mention that um, as a pastor. That, that many of us have wonderful mothers. Uh, I, and I very much include myself in this, and not just because she watches this live stream. Um, <laughs> But I'm very fortunate. I, I have a wonderful mother, and, and I'm very grateful for her. And, and I'm sure many of you have mothers that you love dearly. Um, but I also don't want to sit on that for too long, because I know, at least for some of us, Mother's Day is complicated. Mom may be gone. Your relationship with mom may be complicated. Um, maybe some want really desperately to be moms, and it just hasn't worked out. Maybe you haven't been able to be a mom, but you, you've invested yourself like a mom in so many people. Like, it's just, it's tricky. And I, wanna, I want you to take that trickiness and pull it over to what these people are asking when they say, are you the one that's coming? Because what Jesus does is redefines what that means. Remember what he said about being the good shepherd. He said, I lay down my life for my sheep. The people, generally speaking, were expecting a Messiah to lead them into battle. In other words, they were expecting to have to die for their leader. Jesus reverses that. That no, 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 no. When God finally does what God is going to do and is now doing with Jesus, this is not the time for violence and laying down your life. But actually, from Jesus' perspective, 
the violence is going to be done to me, not the other way around. Which now opens up a whole other world of thought. Because there are a lot of things in our lives that demand from us. Things like careers and, and family and reputation and wealth and, and so on and so forth. And all of those things ask things from us. I think the best analogy is one of career. You know, corporate America or anything like that, but things like being a teacher, being a pastor, uh, being whomever, uh, also very much apply. All of our careers will absolutely ask us to die for them. Or they will ask us to sacrifice our families for them. Jesus is the only leader, the only shepherd that reverses that. Jesus, rather than demanding our sacrifice, gives himself to us. Whoever thought of a shepherd that would actually be willing to die for a single sheep? Imagine you have a flock, a herd of like 200 sheep. I don't know if that's realistic because I don't know anything about sheep. But what if he were willing to die for a single one? What would we say? What a waste. You have a lot of other sheep. Why for that one, the one who wandered off, the one who got himself into trouble, who attracted the attention of a wolf or a bunch of coyotes or something like that? Jesus, why, if you're the good shepherd, why would you go after that one single sheep who wandered away? Well, I have two things to say to that, and I'll end here. First off, it's because he loves that sheep. And second off, that sheep is you and me. We follow the good shepherd who, in a great reversal, is the one who gives himself for us. And so we live in his kingdom. We are members of his family, adopted. And we live forever because he was the one willing to die in our place to defeat death for us. Amen. I invite you to rise.